Thank you so much for checking out the Connect Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired by this week's sermon. So let's jump right in and check out this week's message. Hey, good morning, Connect Church. Let's thank our team for leading us out this morning. Miss Abigail, right off of having a baby back and worshiping uh, with us and helping us to lead. Just so good to have you today and to be able to welcome you. I love this in Psalm 118. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Today we have the opportunity to be glad together, to rejoice together as we continue to connect everyone we can to the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're so glad that you are here today and we can do that together. Marriage Retreat Weekend. Weekend number two is in the books and we had a great time over at the Dream War uh, together. Uh, let me remind you of something as I did last week and I'll do again this week that God loves you, that God loves your marriage and God is for your marriage if you are married uh, in the house. And God did some incredible things in the lives of our marriages here at Connect Church last Sunday. Now, I'm going to tell you what, coming off a of marriage retreat weekend, I was in some pain preaching. Something happened to my back. Anybody just ever wake up one day and something happened to your back? Uh, yeah, so I'm that old. Uh, and, so, and so I was, man, I was in bad shape last Sunday, and I got home, and man, heat and pad and medicine and all that good stuff. And I was just talking there, and it's like, man, I don't know what happened. I have no idea what happened to me that I hurt my back. And we just kind of went, went through our schedule. And, man, we could, we could pin nothing. And then, in the middle of this week, in the midst of my agony, one of our church members, Miss Callie, she had taken a snapshot of the silent disco we had at marriage retreat. And, and this is me dancing with my wife. But before this, we were doing the YMCA. And, you know, we figured out it was the C. It, it was the C. That somehow, look, I'm 40, a bit chubby, I didn't stretch, it'd been years since I danced, and next thing you know, man, for the entire week, man, I have been down and out. Some of y'all were great to love on me and help me get through that, but it was just, man, 40 ought to come with a warning label, and, uh, and I saw that a whole lot. Uh, my little daughter, Sadie, this past week, uh, she, she's my youngest girl, she's about six years old, and uh, she, she, she got a little knot on her back, you know, in her shoulder, uh, she had slept wrong. And so I spent one night while I'm on the heating pad, all medicated up. I'm just kind of rubbing her back, trying to help her make her feel better. Well, well, mama comes in the room to tuck her in. And and Aaron said, hey, Sadie, how you doing? She goes, mama, I got a a knot in my my back. And Aaron's like, oh, I'm so sorry. She's like, I think daddy gave it to me. Like you can catch back pain. Like you can the flu. Anyway, I, I get blamed for everything around the house. It's just good. Had a great time at the marriage retreat. Today, uh, we continue in our study of the Gospel of John. I have loved kind of sitting down here in John 3.16 for the past couple of weeks, uh, breaking it down, uh, savoring the text, and enjoying this intriguing conversation uh, between Jesus and Nicodemus. You see, in John chapter 3, verse 16, Jesus conveys to Nicodemus this great teacher of the law, some of the greatest truths about God and his mission to save the world, his mission to save Nicodemus through Jesus, the cross, and an empty grave. I think of the greatness found. I don't know if y'all ever read this before, 
But I think this is a good reminder today. Watch this, you ready? In John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. It's there on your screen that he gave his one and only son. Whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Hey, think of the greatness found in this text. Watch this for God, who is the, great, the greatest lover of all time, so loved to the greatest degree, the world, the greatest number that he gave, which is the greatest act, his one and only, the greatest gift, that whosoever the greatest invitation believes, the greatest simplicity in him, the greatest person, will not perish, which is the greatest deliverance, but the greatest difference will have, which is the greatest certainty, everlasting life which is the greatest possession guys there's a lot of greatness found in this one verse of John 3 16 now we've already tackled some of this greatness over the past few weeks in John 3 16 as we've taken our time and studied for God so loved the world today we're still reminded about some pretty incredible things that there are a lot of things that we can say about God. He is a creating God. He is a sustaining God. He is a loving God. He is a sending God, and He is a saving God. But hear me. He's also a given God. He's a giving God. He is life-giving, joy-giving, peace-giving, grace-giving, mercy-giving, purpose-giving. But above all, He is a Son-giving God. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Hey, can I share with you really the, the main point, the main target where we're going to camp out today of this text? And if you're taking notes, here it is. You ready? John chapter 3, verse 16 teaches us that love is a verb. In 1996, love is a verb was a cover title for my favorite Christian rock band, DC Talk. It was their cover song. And I love this song. I love what it conveyed. Now, some of you are like, wait a second. Man, more contemporary times, John Mayer has a song entitled the same. Listen, long before John Mayer was Toby Mac in DC Talk in Jesus' name. Now, I love this song. Here's the entire premise of this song. You ready? The entire premise of it is that words are cheap and action is really where love is found. Action is where love is available, where it is actual, where it is attractive, and where love is achieved. I, I want to make a statement here. You ready? That love that is not demonstrated is a love that ought to be questioned. A love that is not demonstrated is a love that ought to be questioned. Love that does not lead to action is not actually love. It may very well be selfishness in disguise, merely posing as love. Now, sadly, there are a lot of us in this room who have heard people say to us, Man, I love you, but that love was never demonstrated to us. Such declarations were, were never backed up by action. It's the spouse who promises to love you forever and be faithful to you only to find themselves running out on you when the perceived grass is greener on the other side, no matter if it's growing up over a busted septic tank, right? And all of a sudden, you've been loved by mere words and not by actions. 
It's the friend who says they, they love you. But when they're told no, when they don't get their way, when they're gone and they're, they're done with you, and it hurts. Let me say this. When it comes to love, talk sometimes is cheap. Action is vital. Now, while it's important, I want you to hear me. It is important because God does this to convey love through our words. Love without action is empty. John 3, 16, God's love for us was not with just his words alone, but with action. His love was set into motion, put into action by the very fact that he gave. And really, there's two parts uh, in Johannian literature, as John writes, there's really two parts to giving here. You ready? Two parts of the fact that God gave. Number one, God gave Jesus to the world, meaning this, that God gave Jesus to us. He did that in that first Christmas morning in Bethlehem, right? Through the womb of Mary. God gave Jesus to us. And the second time, in the second part of his giving, I meant, God gave Jesus for the world. When Jesus died on the cross, he was, he was crushed by God's wrath against our sin, my sins and your sins. You see, God is a giving God. And it's not in just that, that he gave, but in what he gave. Hey, better yet, who he gave. And the Bible tells us in John three sixteen. watch this phrasing, his one and only son. Catch what it doesn't say, that God gave his son. But there's a little qualifier there. That God gave his one and only son. This phrasing in the Greek language, which is the language of the New Testament, speaks of a uniqueness of God's son. The depth of God's love for his son and that relationship between the father and the son was unequaled in all of creation. You see, God's love for us led him into action. And that action was to give to us his greatest possession, his one and only son. Now, now listen, hey, if you're a dad in, in the house, I want to talk to you for a moment. I, I know that all daddies love their sons. But I can say this without question. There is no daddy in the room that loves his son as much as I love mine. And I'm convinced you, Dad, would say the same thing. When I read John chapter 3, verse 16, God is letting us know that there's none of us who loves their son like God loves Jesus. I've got a four-year-old little boy. And, uh, man, I love my, my boy. Uh, he's in this phase right now where he is coloring a lot. And so every day I get home, when I got back home from the marriage retreat, man, he, he's cutting out these little swords because we have fake swords we fight with when I get home. And he's coloring them for me. And, and he'll run up to me as soon as I come in and go, hey, Dad, I, I got a surprise for you. And he'll, man, I love it. And, and then we're really into dinosaurs. That's a big deal for us. And so, man, every day I come home, and sometimes multiple times a day, he runs to me. He's colored me a dinosaur picture, and he puts dinosaur stickers on it. And, and I'm going to tell you something. I don't know what the most expensive art there is out there, but I'm telling you, nothing can touch that. I love my son. My guess is over 10 times a day, me and Bennett will tell each other 
how much we love each other. My four-year-old boy gets it. That loving somebody is more than just words. But real love takes action. So every time he colors a piece of paper, every time he cuts out a piece of paper and he, and he colors it for his dad, I mean, he's loving me not just with his words, but with his actions. And sometimes I wish adults would get what four-year-olds get so easily. And real love is more than just words. It's action. You see, John 3.16 reminds us that God loves us not with just his words, and he does do that, but with his actions. And so here's an action point we find uh, from John chapter 3, verse 16, and it's simple. You ready? Action over lip service. It defines the character of who God is, and it ought to define us, the church, that, listen, God desires from us action over just mere lip service. Can I share with you one of the greatest problems in the American church today? And that is inaction. The majority of professing Christians in churches in America are inactive in their faith outside of the walls of their church for far too many. Inaction defines us. Yet, when it comes to this agape type of love found here in John chapter 3, verse 16, at its very heart is a love that goes beyond just words. And it's proven by action. Now catch this, you ready? Now this is going to get tough for about three minutes. Check on your neighbor real quick. Make sure everybody's okay, all right? It's going to get a little hard. But I promise we're going to pull it back in. If you say you are a Christian and you give nothing of yourself to love selflessly, to love sacrificially, to love people, to help people, to, to share the gospel with people, the good news of Jesus with others. I mean, I have the same question that James chapter 2 has of the faith that you proclaim. You ready? What good is it? Well, watch this in James chapter 2, verses 14 through 19 and verse 26. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? You ready? They have no faith in action. Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, hey, what good is it? And he goes on and he writes this, you ready? He says, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by what? By action. It's dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. In verse 26, he kind of surmises it all. So faith without deeds is dead it's dead you know what James is doing right here he's getting to the obvious if you claim to love Jesus then such love is going to show in the way you live your life in the actions you take in the, in the works you do love in action is seen in the way that you, 
You love your husband and your wife. Ephesians 5.2. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for you. Ready? It's not love merely in just our words, but in our actions. It's going to come out in the way that we love and raise our kiddos. In the way you run your business, you treat your employees. It's the way that you, you serve at your job. It's the integrity that you have. It's the type of student you are. Hey, hey, listen to me, young people. You ready? It's seen in the way that you love your parents. And even your crazy siblings. It's seen even there. I want you to catch this. You ready? How much you love the Lord. And your faith in Jesus is going to be directly seen. In the actions you take. Let, let me put it this way. You ready, church? I want everybody to look at me. You ready? I'm a fitness expert. I'm a nutritionist and a marathon runner. Hey, don't laugh too loud. It hurts. Obviously, I am none of those things. You can say you're a Christian all you want, that you love him all you want. But without action, Every one of you, every person around you, and even James is going, really? Really? Maybe with a little chuckle. Really? You love God? I love this, and I want to remind you, according to passages like Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9, we are saved by God's grace through faith. This is not of ourselves. It's a gift of God so that none of us can go, hey, look what I did to get saved. So I want you to be comforted there. Your works cannot save you. But I also want to make this statement. You can hold on as long as you want to to some prayer, some sinner's prayer. But if there is no evidence of Christ, no fruits of His Spirit in your life, no action and no works, then it might very well be that Jesus is not in you. And that Jesus has never saved you. Faith without works, faith without action is dead. Love James. And what he teaches, James teaches us that it's just not enough, church, for us to say that we love God. It's just not enough. I think of Jesus who addressed those in his day that said that they loved God. In fact, they wore clothes that innocent said they loved God. They were religious leaders. But merely were paying God lip service. They were more just puffing up themselves, for there was no action. There was no love that followed up. In fact, Jesus quoted Isaiah in Matthew chapter 15, verse 8 and 9. He says, these people honor me with their lips. You ready? They're, they're paying lip service, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Hey, can I just remind you that God desires action over just lip service? Not only does he desire it, he deserves it. It's not enough to say you just love people. You must take action to serve them, to share with them, to speak the good news of the gospel to them. In a world where love is just a word ripe within action, the actionable love of God should fuel, should compel, should motivate, and should move believers into action. 
We often say this around here at Connect Church, that we're not a museum for people to come and see, that we are a movement of God to mobilize His church to take ministry outside of these walls and into the marketplaces of everyday life. And you know what? We've had some chances as a body to do that. But by the way, this message is not targeted to us as a whole. It is zeroed in on you, the individual believer in me, the individual believer. A year ago, during our Love Week, which is a week at the beginning of August where we just mobilize our church and our community just to love and to serve and to share the gospel, uh, we sent a group of people out uh, to the grocery stores to kind of stand up at the front of Food City or Walmart, wherever they found themselves, and just to pray. And when the Spirit moved them, To go pay for somebody's grocery bills, that's exactly what they did. When the Spirit moved into action, they did. And then we posted, hey, awesome love week, and a lady that we did not know, and still don't know, she posted on our Facebook account, I was fortunate receiver of love week when a portion of my grocery bill was paid for by two of your sweet members, Deborah and Michelle. As a recent widow, and by the way, doesn't that convey a whole lot? Can you imagine just the heartbreak, the loneliness, the the desperation that she might have felt? As a recent widow working part-time, I trust God to take care of me, and he never fails. Thank you for being Jesus in the community. To my knowledge, that woman has never posted on a single blurb we've put out on social media of how much God loves people. The difference was, when our people went out and loved her with action. More than just words with their action. Here's the last action point that I want us to talk through today, and that is this, that John 3.16 shows us a love that is demonstrable and a love that is sacrificial. For God so loved the world. And watch this, he follows up, and here's how he proved it. Here's how he demonstrated that he gave his one and only son. One of my favorite passages of Scripture in all of the Bible, and where I share the gospel the most, is from this passage of Scripture, Romans chapter 5, verse 8. It's simple. That God demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I want you to think of this demonstration of love. When it was made and what action was taken, it really, it was made in light of our ugliest of moments, in the depths of our greatest rebellions against God, in the seasons where we rejected God, in both our words and in our actions, in the darkest moments of our sin. He loved us even there. And his love moved him to an action where he gave his one and only son for us there. Hey, can I, can I just share this with you? It's important. Jesus didn't die for the good you, but the bad, the sinful you. He didn't die for the perfect you. He, he died for the imperfect you. He, he didn't die for the, the best you, He died for the broken you. He didn't die for the lovable you, but the unlovable you and me. And here's the key. He didn't just love us with his words. 
with his actions as well. Hey, far too many of our lives have been filled with people who are really good at, at talking the talk when it comes to love, but terrible at walking the walk. Hey, not so with God. God not only talks the talk in his love for us, but through John 3, 16, through Jesus, the cross, and the empty grave, demonstrated and showed us that he could walk the walk. And boy, did it come at a price. Paul would remind the church in 1 Corinthians that you were bought at a price. You were, you were bought at a price. And church, can I just remind you how high of a price that was? The price, it cost Jesus his life and God his one and only son. You were bought at a price. So whether it's our marriages, our friendships, our working relationships, our church, or a world that Jesus has called us to reach with the gospel, it is time that you and I stop paying lip service and we start taking action. Action that shows that we love in a demonstrable, in a, in a sacrificial type way. Like we have been loved by God who gave us his one and only son. And just as a reminder, just in case you think that you're so loving, and all of this relies on you, watch this, you ready? We love because he first loved us. The only way we get to that type of actionable love is the fact that God showed us exactly that type of love for us in Jesus. When you join Connect Church... Uh, there's some language we use as to what is a biblical church member. And one of the things that we ask you to be is committed in three areas. You ready? Your time, your talent, and your treasure. Your time is a pretty essential. The most valuable asset the poorest person in this room or the richest person in this room has that money cannot buy and money cannot take away is time. I heard it said this way one time. Do you know how to, do you know how to spell love? It's this way, T-I-M-E. Time. What we ask people to, to invest their talents, and that is this, your person and your personality. To build in the church into, into loving people, taking action for others' goods. And then your treasure, that's your resources, uh, your finances. I've also heard it said this way, man, just look at somebody's checking account and you'll see who they, they truly love, where their treasure really lies. In light, of, in light of God giving here in John 3.16, can I ask you a simple question? Hey, when was the last time you gave? Now, immediately your mind goes to finances, and that's not what I'm talking about. When was the last time you gave? Your time and your talent and your treasure to invest in your marriage. Quality and quantity time to invest in your kids. The reason I don't say to invest in your grandkids is because grandparents do that really well. Um, they, they, they love, they're, they're there all the time. When was the last time you gave of your time, talent, and treasure in the life of your church and to serve, to take part in a small group, to give of your resources uh, to the Lord through the local church? And, and remember this, we're not just talking Connect Church. And we're not the only church, we're not the best church. For his church, if it doesn't do it for you, there's awesome churches in our community. But when was the last time you loved in such a way your local church that you invested your time, talent, and your treasure? Hey, when was the last time 
that you loved in such an actionable way that you invested your time and your talent and your treasure into loving somebody to Jesus. Into doing something for somebody else that they can never do for you. Listen, man, I can love my wife good and my kids good. Man, that ought to be a natural part of being in Christ and being a dad, being a husband. But when was the last time I gave to someone who could give me nothing back? Man, and I just love them in Jesus because Jesus loved me. When was the last time you gave? Hey, speaking of action, this past week we got a a Facebook message. In fact, Pastor Dominic did. He's our student pastor. And it came from a mom of one of our precious girls in the church. Her name's Maddie, the little girl. She's 11 years old. She's in sixth grade. And Maddie's mom, Michelle, wrote in to Pastor Dominic and her small group leader, Kelsey. And here was the message. Now listen, the language is pretty good right here. But I want you to see the meaning and heart behind it. Watch what this mom says. She says this, you all... Maddie got in the car and said, best day ever. I said, what boy asked you out today? Because that seems to be the thing in sixth grade. I do not want my kids to get in sixth grade. Okay, um, and listen to what Maddie shared with her. She said, I saved two friends in the back of the classroom today. I led them and said the prayer Dominic always says, and they were bawling. I got their parents' number so we could try and get them to church. And I told them all about Jesus. Guys, this is an 11-year-old girl. Yeah. Man, I I got that message this week. And Dominic shared it with me. She gets it. She... The only response an 11-year-old girl can have to God giving his one and only son is to give back that one and only son to everybody she can. This 11-year-old girl gets it. Let me ask you this, church. Are you tired of just paying God lip service? And are you willing for him to move you into action? I'm going to tell you something. Pastors, pastors can be some of the most guilty of offenders. I'm going to tell you something. It's far easier for me to spend hours in study and writing out my sermon in a week than it is to actually go and live out my sermon throughout the week. And there have been plenty of times where my messages in my own soul felt nothing more than lip service to God because I've not lived them out in my life. What does it look like for you to take action on God's love? I, I want to say this. Maybe it, just, maybe, just maybe it looks like giving somebody some cheese. You say, what in the world? Hey, one of our mission partners this past week the Sevier County Food Ministry made a post about Miss Dorothy, about one of their volunteers. And here's what the post said, that on a Monday morning, Dorothy would never forget. A beautiful little girl walked in with an elderly lady. Well, as the encounter unfolded, the Dorothy, the, the volunteer, went up and approached them. And quickly she found out that 
that little girl had no brothers or sisters and that she lived with her grandmother. And can we stop for a moment and thank God for grandparents who will stand in the gap for moms and dads. Yeah. And I want to say this. And that statement alone is just chock full of really hard things for that little girl. Why are mom and dad not on the scene? Just a lot of questions. Well, as they continued their conversation, Dorothy found out that for this little girl, it was her birthday. It was her birthday, and so Dorothy said to her, well, well are you going to be 16 today? And the little girl smiled and said, no, silly, I'm seven years old today. And Dorothy said, well, happy birthday. And being a grandmother, Dorothy asked the little girl, hey, what is it that you want for your birthday? And, and listen, I'm going to tell you something. I mean, i got three little girls in the house. When we talk birthday, we begin with venues. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, it's not good enough just in the house. Even, Dad, I want, I want to go to this venue. I want this theme and, and all of those things and probably a lot like your kids. Dorothy, being a grandmother, thought of all the toys that were trending that day and the little girl gave her a response that absolutely choked her up. And she said, honestly, all I want for my birthday is just some, some cheese. Guys, I'm going to tell you something. That doesn't make the list of my kids. Birthday. And she found out that in conversation, the little girl looked at Dorothy and said, you see, we don't have much money. And, and cheese is something that we just, we can't afford. And I love it. And I would just like some. And Dorothy, choking back tears, said, you know what? You, you wait here with your grandmother, and I'm going to go back in our freezers, and, and I'm going to... I'm going to see if we have anything for you, okay? And Dorothy, as she left this little girl, her grandmother, uh, she began to pray out to God, God, I need a miracle. I know this food bank, and we don't ever have cheese. Cheese is something that does not come across us. It just isn't in our freezers. But God, I, I want you, would you do a miracle for this little girl and make her birthday right? And she goes in the freezer, and she looks around. There it is. Something never seen. And cheese. And Dorothy thanked God for providing this miracle and backed up the cheese and went out there and gave it to the little girl. And the little girl smiled. Her grandmother just smiled and went on her way. And Dorothy said this that cheese was the greatest birthday present. I had ever given anyone. Sometimes, not playing lip service to God and, and move to action because of the action God took for us means giving somebody some cheese. It means in the back of a classroom telling some of your friends about Jesus. It means in a grocery store looking for someone who you can bless that day. And I want you to hear me. As long as there are people who are going hungry, the church must take action. As long as there are widows who are hurting, the church must take action. As long as people are lonely, as long as families are broken, we must take action. As long as little children are abandoned and in the system, we must take 
action. As long as there's lost people dying and living apart from Jesus Christ. Church, we've got to stop just playing lip service. We've got to take action. Even if it means giving a little girl some cheese. Let's pray together, can we? Hey, as we pray, every time I read James chapter 2, it kicks me right in the gut. Every time I consider the great action God took in giving His one and only Son, it takes my breath away. But in the same sense, God did not play lip service with us. He not only loved us with His words, but He loved us with action. And as a believer in Christ, as a receiver of such actionable love, in light of a God who gives, hey, when was the last time you gave? Husband, when was the last time you loved your wife in a demonstrable and a sacrificial way? Wife, when was the last time you loved your husband that way? Hey, dad or mom, breadwinner of the home, when was the last time that you gave of your most precious commodity time, quality and quantity worth, your talent, your treasure, just to love on your kids and point them to Jesus? Hey, business owner, when was the last time you used your business? Who, by the way, God has given you. Just when we think we built that business by our own, we realized that God had been orchestrating history. When was the last time you used your business, the, the time and the talent and the resources of your business to love on somebody, to love your employees? Hey, employee. When was the last time you utilized your time, your talent, and your treasure to give to the very company you work for to see God bless it and move in it? Hey, students. Hey, young people, listen to me. I don't want you to ever sit in this service and think, well, he's just talking to my parents. No, hear me. When was the last time you gave where you took action to love your mom and dad in respect and obedience to to love on them. To love your crazy brothers or sisters in the house. To go in school and sit in the back of a classroom and tell some of your friends about Jesus. It is easy for us in this room on Sundays to pay God lip service when in light of John chapter 3, verse 16, God wants to send us out to with our actions and with our words to love people. And so maybe, just maybe, the chief prayer of every believer today, I'll just share with you my chief prayer in this sermon is this. God, forgive me for paying lip service at times in my faith. I will take action and I will love others as you've loved me. Maybe our prayer is, I'm tired of lip service. It's time for my faith to be in action. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date on our services. If you'd like to give to support our ministry, you can do that at our website, 
That's connectchurchpf.com. Hope you enjoyed and have a great week.